Ejaz grew up in New Orleans, an infamously dangerous city. But while he was in high school, his mother kept him straight. He went to school, he went to football practice, and didn't have much time for deviation. After school and practice finished, Ejaz always had to have spare change on him to use the payphone and call his mother to pick him up. This straight track kept him from misbehaving. When Ejaz went to college, he had a renewed sense of freedom and a stipend to do whatever he liked. For him, it was the first time living away from home and the first time he had a real sense of freedom. At first, it went really well. He had straight A's, he was excelling in school, he was enjoying student life, and he only ever came home for holidays. One of these said holidays, though, started a downward spiral. Around the age of 18, he got into a situation that was impossible to handle on his own. He dealt with a lot, made quite a few difficult decisions, but eventually came back renewed as a storyteller. high school basketball game he was sitting right next to me we were talking we were laughing not even 30 minutes later him and his cousin go to the parking lot and they're in the parking lot and somebody shot the car up and they killed both of them I walked out of the stadium to see my friend laying there with police tape all around him that's a lasting image that you never forget right Jazz was distraught after the loss of his close friend. The trauma he experienced is unimaginable unless you've gone through something similar. That alone would be hard to cope with. But unfortunately, that wasn't all he had to cope with. Not even two months after walking into the scene of his close friend's assassination, he faced serious loss again. Another one of his friends committed suicide. At that time, in like 2009, mental health services were still very taboo, especially for young black men in America. Like you just didn't go to a therapist. You didn't do mental health treatment. You just, you went through something and you got over it, right? Getting over the murder and suicide of friends on his own was far too much. Ejaz didn't know how to cope. It was all weighing down on him. So he landed on an easy solution, drugs and alcohol. So it was the night that I found out that my little friend, my, my, my younger teammate, Nate, had killed himself. I was distraught. I mean, I had just gone through the trauma of seeing my friend get killed. And then this, it was just too much for me. So I'm like crying in my dorm room. I'm like having a really tough time about it. When there was an older guy who was, you know, in the dorm with us, he was like, hey, man, I'm about to go to this smoke session with a few of my friends in another dorm. You should come with me. I know you never, I know you don't smoke. I know you never did this before, but this is going to make you feel a whole lot better. And 
anybody or anything that would have intercepted my life to say, this is going to make you feel better, I probably would have gone for it, right? So he and I, we walked over to the other dorm. I go in there. There's three other guys who I don't know. They're all have, like, they all have pills. They all have marijuana rolled up. And I'm like, to hell with it. Let's go for it, you know? At that point, the rules and the laws go out the window because I just need to feel good. I just need to feel okay today. And I'm not worried about some stupid law that was written in the 1700s. For Ejaz, that night started a cycle of alcohol and drug abuse. But he never really dealt with the Corvus problem, the real reason why he was feeling so down. I wish I could tell you that it was the worst thing ever and I immediately quit, but that'd be a lie. It was the best feeling ever to like forget about my problems, forget about my trauma. And I said to myself, wow, like all I've ever been told my whole life is that drugs are bad. But when you're really dealing with heavy grief and there's no other resource for you, Drugs and alcohol can potentially be like your saving grace, at least for a short amount of time. Now, Ejaz is immersed in both drugs and alcohol. It makes him feel good. And for a while, it allows him to forget about all of his strife and struggle. But now, for him, everything is about survival. He couldn't care less about his stipend or his grades. I did a lot of, I did a lot of drinking, like a lot, a lot of drinking. I smoked a lot of marijuana. I did pills and all type of different things that I won't talk about right now. And ultimately, those things got me in trouble with the law because a few times I got arrested. Ejaz ended up getting arrested multiple times. Finally, the last time he was arrested, he spent a few days in the New Orleans Parish Prison, an infamously brutal prison. This was the turning point, the moment when he realized he had hit rock bottom. I know what jail looks like, and I know what that feels like to be like when them walls and them doors close and you cannot just go home. I know what that, I know what that jail food tastes like and all of that. And I was okay with that until I wasn't, until I realized, damn, this is, this is too much. So it was at that point when I realized, man, is this really my destination? Like, this is all that life has for me? I want more for myself. Ejaz is doing everything he can to get his life back. After a few days, he's released on parole. Even with the realization that he needs to change, he doesn't know what to do. He has no purpose. This all shifts when a random encounter provides him with the purpose and a way to channel his passion. One day I'm visiting a friend of mine on um, the campus of Dillard University. I'm not a student there. I'm just, I just went there to hang out and see my friend. He was busy, so I just walked around campus by myself. 
and there's this guy who runs out of this building. Is like, uh, he's like, hey man, hey, um, do you go to school here? I'm like, no. He's like, oh well, do you have like ten minutes, man? I really need some help with something. I was like, okay, cool, I got you. This person brought Ejaz to a TV studio and asked him to hold the boom microphone. Ejaz was enchanted by the background of the movie scene, and after a very long time, he feels happy and begins to see a purpose in his life again. I'm standing there, and I see all the lights and the cameras and it, like the, the people you know the people working behind the scenes, and I'm seeing the, all the delicious food at the craft services table, and I'm holding this microphone, and I'm just like, man, this this feels good. Like this feels like something I could get into. For Ejaz, this was the moment that changed his life. A guy who needed help with sound at the film scene put Ejaz back on track. He helped him find mental clarity and purpose, and this provided him with the opportunity to help other young males in similar situations to his. I think that the experiences that I had in life allow me the trust with the young black boys and young men. I also work with young ladies too from, from all different races and ethnicities. It's not just black boys who I, who I teach nowadays. Jazz believes his criminal history helps him better understand motivations and needs of young black boys. When speaking to them, he is very open about his experience and about not being perfect. He also understands New Orleans has one of the highest murder rates in the country and one of the highest incarceration rates. A lot of the students in New Orleans deal with a lot of trauma, whether it's trauma from natural disasters, hurricanes, whether it's trauma from losing friends and loved ones, which happens all the time, whether it's losing family members like your father to mass incarceration. These issues that they deal with on a daily basis, it causes them to smoke weed. This would be an instance of clearly breaking the rules and a reason to suspend those students and take away the opportunity of education and a better life. Some teachers simply wouldn't care because they don't see a student in distress as their problem. But then there are teachers like Ejaz. I've had kids come to school, teachers like myself, who have been in their shoes and instead of immediately getting mad at them for breaking the rules or completely ignoring them and moving on with my day, I interact with them. Say, hey, bro, you smell loud right now. Like, what's going on with you? You know, tell me all about it. And if I can help you, then I will. And if I can help you and you just are not ready or you don't want the help, hey, I tried my best. And if one of the students approached Ejaz and wanted to talk about the rules, what would he tell him? I've actually had these conversations before. I was known as the cool teacher, the fun teacher. I was the guy who, like, if you didn't feel like doing work, you could just come in, put your head down, take a nap, listen to music if you need to, because perhaps that's what you need to be okay for the rest of the day, just to survive, right? Because guess what? When I was that age, I did the same thing. And ultimately, it worked for me to have adults who cared about me and showed compassion, even if they were going against the rules. Ejaz's perspective, the best advice to give a student that is breaking the rules is to think very carefully about what they're doing and understand the consequences of their actions. A lot of my students who I taught had street beefs and things going on outside of school. So I had kids who would bring guns to school and I knew that they had a gun on them. But 
I had to always tell them, like, look, bro, if you bring this gun to school and you get caught, you are going to jail. It is no, it's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to jail. And that is, a, that is like a class three felony or something. Like, you will go to jail for that. And the judicial system is not going to be kind to you just because you're young or you got beef in the streets or whatever. So understand what you're doing. What they would always tell me is, Mr. Mason, I'd rather be caught with it than be caught without it. Because if I'm caught with it, I go to jail. It is what it is. If I get caught without it, I could die. You know, somebody might come shoot me, you know, and I have no way to protect myself. And so, again, if you're going to break the rules or you're going to break the law, you need to understand the laws and the rules that you're about to break and understand the consequences and understand if you can live with it. And the many interactions that he's had with his students, he recognizes that things are much more complex and complicated than simply sentencing someone to jail for breaking the rules. To Ejaz, the need for more context in the legal system is not only essential, but also missing. No one really tries to figure out why that person broke the law. They just prosecute them. Like, if there's a guy who can't get a job, for whatever reason he's unable to feed his family, do you expect his family to starve? No. Like, that guy has to do whatever is necessary to feed his family. And I know guys who, you know, sometimes they get it in the streets, like they sell drugs or whatever. I know some guys who will rob and steal from other people. The majority of them are not doing that because it's fun. They're doing it because they have to do it. They... Otherwise, they will starve to death. And in that context, even if you are going to send them to jail, understand, like, who this person is, right? Don't just send them to jail for 20 years and then expect them to get out and be a model citizen. They're going to be much worse. If you're going to send them to jail, give them programs, give them resources, give them education so that when they get out, they don't make the same mistakes, you know? For me, it was storytelling. Ejaz Mason is 32 years old. He lives in New Orleans, Louisiana, and is a documentary filmmaker and an educator. He is the co-founder and the global ambassador for a company called Lead New Orleans, which is a journalism nonprofit organization. He trains young people on how to tell stories. Breaking the rules and really bad moments in life can be the best teachers. Even if you're hitting a dark moment, even if you don't know how to cope with the overwhelming emotions and situations that you're in, even if everything feels hopeless, don't give up. Those moments could end up being the most important and transformative moments of your entire life. I wouldn't change anything because I feel like sometimes the bad moments in life are the best teachers.